1: This literally, is being recorded. You literally cannot hide from the woman now. She is just a, like
2: this meeting is being recorded. <laughs> Everything <laughs> you say shall be held against you. Danny Dyer on the mic, um, letting us know that we have to do a more formal introduction than usual. So this is the Untitled Bantle Podcast, the UBP, mm-hmm.
1: the UBP, UBP, UBP. U-B-P.
2: I'm Scott Tillman, your host, joined by Mr. Jules Gill. Hello, everyone. For a weekly roundup of general thoughts, opinions, whatever the hell else is on people's minds, because it's been a big old week for um, for gaming news, for different gaming announcements, and there's quite a lot of people sent some stuff in about um, the next God of War, God of War 2, God of War Ragnarok, whatever you want to call mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. and now coming to PlayStation 4. We'll get to that in a bit, because something that just broke before we hit the record button is the new Borderlands uh, spin-off yes. called Wonderlands, which apparently is a Tiny <laughs> Tina-based spin-off. Um, now, we did just cover this on the, the channel itself. We do have a big old news video you can go and check out, which I think will be an audio rip on, on this feed as well. Um, mm-hmm. But I wanted to see what you think, because Jules, you're the biggest Borderlands fan that I know. What do you oh. think of them picking, picking big old Tiny Tina and doing a, a spin-off for her?
1: Well, of course, I'm excited to see that the love of my life outside, of Karen, obviously, <laughs> and my cats, yeah, Ashley Birch, is uh, getting another voiceover gig as uh, Tiny Tina, reprising Hopefully. the role Hopefully. that made her so utterly lovable. Because basically, I don't know if you've ever watched her YouTube series that she did with her brother, ages and Age ago, hey Ash, exists. what are you playing?
2: Yeah, I've not seen it.
1: She's basically that character, kind of like, uh, like spunky, annoying, um, very off the wall. Mm-hmm. And it sort of evolved that character uh, has got more depth now because obviously after the death of Roland, she sort of fleshed out that character with a bit more emotional gravitas. So, yes, I'm very excited to have something that focuses on her. Mm-hmm. Plus, with the title being Wonderland, we might be able to uh, infer from that that we're going to get gameplay re- that actually is from her perspective. You know, Mm -hmm. when we were playing the Dungeons and Dragons, um, uh, Bunkers and Badasses, Mm -hmm. which was the DLC for Borderlands 2. If
2: it's called Wonderlands, maybe you flash that whole... Maybe it's all Exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. And then that way it could be her coming to terms with the stuff that's happened throughout her life and coming to peace with it. If they took the craziness and over-the-top nature of Borderlands and actually Mm -hmm. had it say a message, which was you can go back and address difficult parts of your life and move on from them, that would actually make... This franchise, oh, which nice. let's face it, the, the third Borderlands was a very, very uh, well constructed shooter with a pretty poor narrative. Mm-hmm. I hope that they go, uh, they take what the, uh, the bones that they've made already with uh, Borderlands 3 mm-hmm. and flesh out the narrative, make that the star of the show
2: well that's kind of my thing because I think I, I I wish I clicked with Borderlands more I, weirdly I actually clicked with Borderlands 3 the most because I like the mm. ground slide like how the how, yeah, like, sort yeah, of yeah. heavier and weightier the weapons were but yeah if they did something that was more character driven um, and made that sort of you have this campaign that is I don't know a single player because I guess they wouldn't want to get too far away from the squad based stuff or letting you drop in drop out but well I I'd, I I'd say
1: it. that that's one of their biggest uh, selling points is mm. the fact that you have that couch co-op thing still remains within mm-hmm. the uh, Borderlands franchise because of their their insistence on having like friends together Shooting down raybombs and stuff. Screen. It would be amazing if um her um if we did say that the uh, concept was within her own imagination, if it was her imaginary friends, that right, would actually right. be amazing. Or That's maybe that. Yeah. Or that maybe that they uh, they switch out, depending on which zone she's in. So if you go back to her childhood, maybe they're sort of like uh, TNT strap bunnies or something oh, like right. that, and then you go forward into her real life, and it's like Guardian Angel Rolands or something like that that come down <laughs> the house. That would be brilliant. <laughs> I'd love that. <laughs>
2: kind of like um, Psychonauts style, just sort of bringing in different um, phantom yes, versions of your thoughts. Yes. What was that dude with the tinfoil hat that was in um, the first Psychonauts? He wasn't wasn't as Wait, you mean the Dogen, tiny uh, green boy? Yeah, Dogen. So the when, he's,
1: <laughs> when he's that like, like the Squirrels are talking to me, and they like <laughs> blows up their heads. So
2: like, I am a big fan of uh, of Dogan. I don't. I doubt he's going to be in the sequel, but I just, I'm just thinking psychonauts based stuff because they're putting more gameplay for yeah. stuff out for it. I'm so um, excited for that game, by the way. I know it looks lovely. I mean, that game is it that thing has been in development for like six years. I didn't mm-hmm. realize the. Uh, I was watching a. I went back to Kirby Cats videos last night. I was. I got. In, I was binging on some of them, and there was footage of when they. Um, had tim schaefer on stage back in 2015 i was like man that game is a long time coming yeah um but hopefully later this year um but yeah the big old talking point is the overall conversation around the idea that sony are making some of their former at least perceived to be uh, ps5 exclusives now available on ps4 and the whole conversation around the necessity of the playstation 5 um so we had a ton of um questions submitted around that so i've sort of just cherry picked two or three um but i think it's an interesting conversation anyway um, so yeah the question itself from uh, Andy Taylor who says keep up the awesome work guys thank you very much thank you um, one of the best podcasts around with Sony now having two huge games that were supposed to be on Playstation 5 as exclusives or at least heavily hinted now being on Playstation 4 as well do you think this will affect interest in the PS5 um, Sawyer also um, part of their question was saying that it feels like a scummy way to drum up sales um, Kill killed DJ 95 said sure large IP like God of War really released two years after the generation has started mm. um, you know there's just the general idea of you know god of war ragnarok was um said to be dropping in 2021 obviously it's been pushed to 2022 mm-hmm. um, and we also know that gran turismo 7 which was literally listed as a playstation 5 exclusive is now coming to playstation 4 yeah. um, what's your thoughts on this stuff i have a very subjective i don't know if it's selfish thought on it where i just think what the hell is the point in investing in new tech if you're going to release oh. for the old system <laughs> that's that's my thoughts on it
1: this um, goes back to my age old thing. I'm getting my soapbox out and I'm standing <laughs> on it again. You don't buy things when they first come out. You wait a little bit for the ground <laughs> to settle before you but start building a sod- house. In,
2: but Jules. this is the
1: thing I've said this and you've said this many times over. As much as we want to support uh, these. Uh, companies, we hmm. view them as sports teams, we view them as uh, connections, we view them as an extension of our hobbies and uh, ideals. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, these companies are not your friends. They might do <laughs> things that uh, that seem like they're for the benefit of the player, but it's only to benefit their bank account. Yeah. They of course have drummed up interest in the PS5. They of course have made the scarcity issues even greater by highlighting again and again and again how difficult it is to get your hands on the hottest console mm-hmm. around. And now they are saying oh the ps5 exclusives are coming to ps4 that information was with them way before that's my that's my problem with it is that they should have said yes this this is akin to todd howard coming out and saying that that fallout 76 just works when he knew at that point (laughs) that it didn't it is one of those things where it is a fabrication and a hope that you will be able to drum up interest in something that
2: is at this point of time Mm. not in the fit state that it should be. That's the thing that really annoys me about it is you have a lot because there's a lot of conversations doing the rounds now in terms of, you know, like what is something like E3 for? What are all these Mm -hmm. different conferences for? And the reality that they are for investors and shareholders more than the players, more than the fans. That's just a base reality of the industry. That's always been the case for the last few years, but you've got more people talking about it now and because E3 took a year off last year. And so like I get that, but like there is that annoyance where they've said, you know, This is the PlayStation 5. These are the exclusives. This is the reason to invest. Um, And that arguably just being a thing for shareholders and investors. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, they drum up the interest in the system. Obviously, it flies off shelves. But Mm -hmm. arguably right now, I mean, you don't need a PlayStation 5. It's sort of the bottom kind of falls out of it. Uh, I mean, Returnal's great. Destruction All-Stars was a bit of a wash. Demon's Souls is fine. Uh, Ratchet and Clank. I was going to say you've got Ratchet and Clank coming out. But apart from
1: that, it's only a handful of titles, really, isn't Mm -hmm. it? The the thing is, what annoys me the most is that uh, I know that this is now, or at least sceptically, I'm thinking this is going to inhibit the performance of God of War 2 or God of War Ragnarok, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it. We'll just call it God of War Ragnarok because that's the one that we've been seeing. And Gran Turismo, the new one. I feel like they're going to be held back. Um, because of the fact that the archetype, the architecture of the PS4 has been shown to be ailing with the likes of Cyberpunk coming yeah. out and highlighting how difficult it was to translate one vision into something that is, let's all face it, is dead technology right now, or at least yeah. dying technology. Or dying technology. So why the hell are they then backtracking and saying, hey, look, this brand new two IPs that people are absolutely rabid for, especially God of War, after mm. how colossally impactful... The uh, the first one was mm-hmm. to go back and say, hey, look, now we're going to be putting this on the PS4. Great if you're a PS4 fan, but that means that we're not going to see anything
2: beyond what the PS4 can do. But also, I mean, like it came out this morning, there's a write-up on uh, Video Game Chronicle by one of the developers who, uh, he's not working for VGC, but he used to work on ukulele And he was just saying about the, as far as he knows uh, from from the insiders, um, God of War, Ragnarok, God of War 2, uh, and Horizon were always developed on PlayStation 4. It's not a new thing. Obviously, it's new to us as the public because we're finding mm-hmm. out from this PlayStation blog, um, but they always knew from day one that this game was going to be cross-generational. They just didn't say it, um, which again is very shady because it comes across as get the PlayStation 5 to play this new yeah. thing and both those games were always going to be on PlayStation 4, um, which in itself is a weird business move on Sony's part because Jim Ryan was all, you know, we believe in generations, we're going forward, buy the new system, whatever, um, and they were, that seemed to be like a counterpoint to the way Xbox was going because mm-hmm. Xbox was all, we're catering to everybody, but if the reality was that your two newest games were always on PlayStation 4 you could have just led with that and just said hey don't worry guys we're also giving you these new games yeah but also here's some new ips we're looking into going forward i just think that the whole thing's been so messily handled um, And yeah. but also something else that came from that vgc report at the write-up there the opinion piece from the ukulele dev um was him saying that you know the reality of game development is that you are factoring in the hardware at all times mm-hmm. so it does limit ideas it does get in the way and um, which was something that one of remedy's developers said on kind of funny as well just that you know when they make when they were making control um, they are aware of you know they like you have to develop for the lowest skew so something like the xbox series s does quote unquote get in the way of being able to maximize what a ps5 or a series yeah. x can yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. which it is subjective uh, sorry it is selfish it is subjective to some degree like i can just say on my for my level personally i want to see what developers can do with the best hardware i don't yeah, care exactly. about curtailing <laughs> to last year's system i think that's kind of <laughs> pointless in the long run
1: in this, in this uh, scenario where we've just had uh, people coming out and saying, look, we're pushing back these games because we want them to be tweaked and perfected before we mm-hmm. release them properly. Like, at that point in time, you should be saying, right, okay, let's just cut out the PS4 version. The yeah. PS4 version is going to limit what we can do. Let's spend this extra time if we are in a position to, like, actually make good on our promises, mm-hmm. and put extra bits in it. Let's make it so that the PS5 version is the, it's not just the definitive version, it's the only version. Yeah. The way series is forward is if you evolve i I just i'm saying this as a ps4 owner i don't have a ps5 Mm -hmm.
2: and but i don't want this to come out on ps4 because (laughs) i want an incentive to actually move forward there's also the thing that um like the base reality because it's always that thing of like oh well you know what makes a playstation 5 version and is it just going to be resolution frame rates um you know general stability stuff like that like that's one side of it that's the most boring side of it to me Mm -hmm. A, a generational jump shouldn't just be base refinements at least as if you were getting a new graphics card or something and um, the reality of like you know the way that you design games for the system involves and this is, comes from mark Sony from last year's presentation it's covered in the vgc piece where um, the game dev was saying you know you factor in different ai scripts different ways that levels are made and um, the idea of the way that uh, games have so many let's crouch sideways and get through the um, yeah the yeah. crevice kind of thing because you're trying to hide a load and um, all those things factor in and so you can just you can make better bigger more impressive and proficient games if you are you know, aiming towards the SSD style technology yeah. from day one. So yeah, I think the, I mean, maybe Horizon Forbidden West and maybe God of War Ragnarok will blow us away and feel like genuine next-gen games but I doubt it because they're going to have to have very functional parts of those games also workable on PlayStation 4 um, which just feels weird it feels like you might as well have just delayed the generation
1: Yeah, I I feel like if we'd just been given this information it comes back to transparency Mm. if they had just said hey look we're developing these two games side by side for these two consoles Um, this is what it's going to be Mm. none of us would have the problem with that if they had announced that at the time but to feel like it feels like a backtrack because they've clearly withheld that information until a point in time where the decision by many people to get a PS5 was already made Mm -hmm. they've already he made a sizeable dent in uh, the, the sales of P- uh, PS5s. Yeah. So at this point in time, they're kind of just like, cool, thanks suckers.
2: Like, <laughs> it's kind of like sitting here with a PlayStation 5, because obviously we got one through um, we got one through Sony themselves to do the review, yeah. but, but I also bought one because I was like, I want to own this thing. Yeah. And then you're kind of just sitting there with the new tech going like, okay, now what? And it's really yeah. cool to have the likes of Returnal and obviously Ratchet's coming up and stuff. But then for the rest of the year and next year, the two biggest IPs, there's, they're on PS4. I know it's the most subjective 1% thing ever but i do think it's a base reality of company sells you product that will do thing yeah and thing is then available on old hardware i think like you said it's an optical problem yeah. or a marketing issue um but they've fallen down in that regard
1: i found it very very strange that the ps5 is probably the only console launch where you can say that it will be at least another half a year to a full year before we have an actual library of games worth giving down about and, and that I- is bizarre because it's like everyone gave microsoft absolute hell when they released the xbox 360 because it came out with like viva piñata dead <laughs> rising and that was Crap it down for was months weird. and crackdown I mean, yeah that was it yeah three games and maybe gears of war yeah like four games but they were yeah, within like after, months yeah. of each other mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they uh, microsoft's like cool let's get some games on it boom here's all that like the library. thing as
2: well is like i get well, I I don't personally agree with this defense, but I'm seeing this defense be be passed around as in you know the eighth generation didn't get off to a very good start. We didn't really mm-hmm. get next gen eighth gen games until 2015. So, but that you know 2014 was a complete wash. The best game of that year was PT, like for yeah. the most part, uh, maybe Shadow of Mordor, but it was you know, or Dragon Age Inquisition. But it well, they're not really up there. PT yeah yeah yeah, yeah. A game of the year. Um, and the defense for this current situation being like, well, you know, it took the 8th gen quite a while to kick in. For me, that's is, that's emblematic of why it shouldn't repeat history. You should have yeah, learned exactly. from that. You've had plenty of yeah. time to prepare. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I think it's a big old ongoing conversation. There's a lot of um, different point of views. I get the whole um, side of it where, you know, some people just can't get the system. But mm-hmm. the sales data says that the PS5 is outselling where the PS4 was at this point in time. So it's not like... You know, it's not like we expected PS4 games to be on PS3. That just seems like an insane thing.
1: All all I think of is I just go back to um, that South Park episode where Cartman buys the theme park and he's constantly <laughs> just telling people that they can't come in, and that's what makes them want to come in even more. It just feels <laughs> like we can't get you a PS5. Oh, I'll pay through the nose for it. I'll pay for. I'll pre-order it. Yeah. I'll pre-order like ten months down the line just to get one. It's like. Mm-hmm you've ah, classic I mean, maybe, supply and demand tactics isn't maybe
2: it? all this stuff does go some way as to addressing the um the scalper problem by just sort mm. of like quelling the demand a little bit and just saying okay guys calm down it's okay yeah you can play this thing on the playstation 4 next year is when we're all going to kick in because obviously there, there is a whole reality of this that we have just gone through 2020 and it, it's on a country by country basis in terms of reopening stuff but um, yeah, a fascinating uh, general talking point because never before have we had a generation star and then have so many different, uh, so many top tier games that encourage you to buy into that generation, then be available on the hardware you already have. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a, a weird sort of thing. Um, we did have a question from Willie Araya who says um, you had sixty seconds for a rant. It can be about anything, a specific part of the game, a whole game, something about the industry, this week's news, etc. Um, I feel like we've almost pretty much tied into that. Yeah, point. Let's I feel else. like that. He's <laughs> being covered there. About.
1: I mean, um, if we're going to open up the sack of things we don't like in the rant sack. Uh, just uh, check bad checkpointing. I've been experiencing that. Oh, yeah. uh, just, <laughs> just. Oh, do you know what? I've been I've been playing an absolute gem of a game. This actually is born from a, a really good game, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying that this has bad checkpointing because I actually think it's really really good. But it just reminded me of games that have bad checkpointing. Okay, you like you like um ghosts and goblins, don't you?
2: God, I haven't played that since I was a kid. That I want to like that game. I liked it when I was a kid. It just I doesn't like you. It doesn't like <laughs> yeah. me at all. It's, it's really not a fan. No, I couldn't get past hardly any uh, time in that. I,
1: um, I just picked up uh, the Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection mm-hmm. on uh, PC and my God, guys, it, I'm not just like being <laughs> sponsored by them, but I would say like, definitely go and check it out if you like the okay. sort of old school platforming games. Like that has checkpointing really well and that it shows you exactly where the checkpoints are on the map before you even uh, like, go into it. So you uh, go, oh, cool. I know where, where, if I get to the end of this stage, I'm close, I'm, I'm very so close. And it will always do this um, thing where uh, it will immediately go like back to your checkpoint. And even if you exit the level, it will let you jump back in from that checkpoint. Oh, okay. again. So it's very, very nice. Mm-hmm. It's fair in that sense, but there's one bit in the very first level that just absolutely screws with you. <laughs> and you have to go down this hill, like you're sliding down a hill, right? You're being chased by Firebrand, the red demon. Right. There's a chest in front of you that if you break it open, the magician comes out, and turns you into a frog. You've got to jump onto a log, right? And then jump off the log, and then there, that's where the checkpoint is. So you can okay. see the checkpoint in that in that one screenshot. It shows you exactly where you got to go. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is you've got all those things going on and the log is moving back and forth. And sometimes when you jump, if it's not, if, it, if you jump before the log has got to a certain point, it will go back again. Oh. It will recognize that you've jumped in the air. And then the you're back and, to the
2: other, the half and then a level kicked, ago.
1: Yeah, you get kicked all the way back to the beginning again. I would Brutal. have to rage
2: quit that. I can't, Brutal. Like, I would simply, completely join you. Bad checkpointing is the thing that makes me give up on a game fastest. Mm-hmm. If, it, if a game can't respect my time in regards to you putting me in the area where thing happened, um, that is infuriating. I mean, I'm, I'm still going through the Mass Effect trilogy. Mass Effect too. and that game is mostly solid with its um mm-hmm. with its checkpoints but if you do a lot of the side missions it tends to class that whole area as one checkpoint so if, oh, you're yes, if you on, die you're right back yeah if you're playing on higher difficulty which i'm trying out the higher stuff like veteran and uh, insanity this time um then you get shot at the arse and you're back to the beginning again it's just like mm. just put me there you you already loaded it game just let me go back to where i was <laughs> um but not to worry next question um which is a follow-on from what sawyer said earlier um where he sort of chimed in saying about the you know it feels like a scummy way to drum yep. up dates uh, and sales and stuff and um, for the ps5 he said his main question is what studios do you want to hear from at e3 so talking studio specific stuff uh, monolith hanger 13 and warhorse are or uh, their picks um but hope that we're both well and have a great weekend well same to you i hope you're Thank you very, very much well yeah, um, yeah hope you're doing i well mate want to hear the new Naughty Dog game now I know that Sony's not there Mm. I know that we're just we're sort of just rolling in Sony stuff because it's it's that time of year where Mm -hmm. um, IGN have said that Sony have something in mind for the E3 season Um, and I think it'd be weird if they don't do anything at all I think if I was Sony I would wait let E3 get out the way and then be like hey by the way there's a state of play live stream right now hey guys come on in and then do some big thing um, so I want what Naughty Dog are doing next. We know that they're yep. remaking The Last of Us. Um, Last of Us Part Three has apparently been sketched out, but I don't want that. I don't want more. <laughs> I don't want more. You just want um, a new IP. I want a new IP. I don't want more Dower stuff. I love Last of Us yeah. for what it is, but I want something cheery. I want their what, sci-fi. What you IP. want?
1: You want uh, Jack X Combat Racing Two? <laughs> That's what you want. To you want to just stand out there oh, loud just, and proud.
2: They can't do a Crash Jack crossover, but it's that is a long time. Do a do a Crash Team Racing crossover with Jack and his little buggy with Daxter on the side. Yeah, that'd be great.
0: I'll see you all soon
2: um quick question actually because i've got because i've Yo. got you here as a, as an older gentleman like myself where's <laughs> jack and daxter rank on your naughty dog franchises because for me it's right it's not the top but it's not it's also not the bottom although it's a hard but, thing
1: i've got a bit of a complicated history with um with the jack and daxter that's, what I'm, that's what I'm finding out is
2: that people don't have reverence for jack and daxter and i thought they did i certainly do <sighs> yeah, and right. i grew up okay. with people who did but so I
1: Precursor's know. Legacy was, is one of my all-time favorite games. I uh-huh. absolutely loved it. Because of the fact that I had a sense of ownership, like I bought that as my first PS2 game. Like I, I loved that game Beautiful. to absolute death. I thought that it was a, a very immaculate platformer, had loads of great ideas, and it was just Naughty Dog just running on full mm-hmm. cylinder. Then Jack 2 came out, and everyone I know says that this is the be-all and end-all. It's like Jack platforming 2. meets Grand Theft Auto. But the problem <laughs> is... I just don't like it. It's just too edgelord for me. It's just like I, I went the the first thing that Jack says when he's like, "I'm gonna kill someone," or "I'm gonna tear someone." I was like, "Jack, seriously, you you haven't said anything, and this one sentence maybe." I'm gonna you. kill Baron but
2: Praxis. Yeah, the the, um, the first time when I went through that as a teenager, that was because that was that whole post attitude era but then also good gaming's attitude era where yeah. all of a sudden prince of persia had his as da- dark sequel warrior within yeah, just like they just, mascara and they just went to town on it didn't they it's just like goth boots at dawn i love that as a, as a teenager but you're all right if you go back to jack two and three now especially two and it's jack cringy, himself is very like i'm gonna do this thing and, and i'm just saying like i love that for what it is my thing is gameplay though jack two is yeah. like up there
1: it, then we got Jack 3, and mm-hmm. a lot of people I know were like, oh, it's not as good as Jack 2. I didn't really like it as much. But for me, I was like, oh, it's, it's Mad Max. I love <laughs> Mad Max. So This yeah. is brilliant. So when we had like the vehicular combat sections, we had a lot more exploration going on. Like mm-hmm. I thought that that was really, really good. The story was admittedly naff. But overall, I feel like it's a... Uh, it's a series where the stories got better, but the gameplay got more varied and maybe mm. not for the better.
2: My thing in three is just that it was so easy to flip the cars over. So I was like having oh, a really cool yeah. chase yeah. and I'll flip over, bad bad checkpoints again, gotta do it all again. Yeah. And um, that's the way for me. Uh, in terms of um, Yeah, studios that you want to see at E3, in terms of actual companies who are confirmed. Um, I'm going to go with Konami because yeah. I also know Konami pulled out. I can't go with Konami. Oh, yes. yeah. I will go with 343. Uh, I want to, I want a Halo update. I want to mm. know what the hell has happened there because they delayed it last year. We've had Joseph Stanton come back in. We know that they're still on track for a December release day. And I want to know what the living hell is going on with Halo Infinite. <laughs>
1: so who's actually going and who's actually <laughs> announced their own versions of it because there's been a few people that have just said now nah, we're not doing E3 we're going to do our own
2: version that's that's kind of the thing so E3 the ASA or uh, the ESA one of the two who own E3 they they cranked a lot of their prices up this year for the big mm. return show apparently it was a six figure uh, number to get a booth at Blimey. E3, is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so you've got uh, Nintendo and, X- and uh, Microsoft Xbox are going to be there. Yep. Um, Square Enix is still there. Sega, Capcom. um You've still got. Uh, I think Ubisoft's going to be there. Uh, yeah, Ubisoft are going to be there. Right.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, so that's what I want. Then I want Ubisoft's new lineups come out because you know that I've mm. said many times before that I'm. It's I'm pseudo boycotting them at the moment. I just don't. I don't play any of their games. Mm-hmm. Are they. They have appealed to me, but I just don't want to support them until they sort their stuff out at the very top of the um, the chain. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, after reading some reports, it doesn't look like much has actually changed. No. So I'm hoping that their fresh leaf uh, new start is going to happen at E3 with them being like, right, this is what we were, 2021, let's all move on, everyone this is the new new IPs or something. Yeah. Yeah. That to me would be the step in the right direction to actually address complaints and um, all of the allegations, but move forward with Mm. the games, not just go, hey, look, we're going to lean back on our regular IPs and just crank stuff out and enjoy your sludge and hope that you forget about what's (laughs) happened. That'd be nice. Uh, Them and uh, Devolver, are they going to be
2: there? Yeah, Devolver should have their own um, showcase, I
1: think. I mean, of course, of course they're going to be entertaining. Every single game that they kick out has had some ridiculous addictive gameplay element mm-hmm.
2: that means I think that I probably bought nearly every single Devolver game. Pretty much, game. yeah. They, I mean, they've had a hell of a run, like going mm-hmm. sort of like using uh, Hotline as a bit of a, a springboard and they're managing to do like, all those really cool E3 conferences and everything. Mm-hmm. I kind of, yeah, I'm curious what they do as their return show, because obviously this year is already a weird digital show anyway. There's kind of like an award show tagged on to the end of it, um, which is kind of like E3 trying to contend with the game awards. Mm-hmm. Um, But the rumor with that is that they're going to do publisher-specific awards, which feels like it's completely paid for. I mean, it will be by the publishers. Oh, yeah, what? So go- it'd be like... EA's what? best yeah narrative. EA's, EA's best football game or most innovative oh, mechanic or like oh,
1: that's disgusting yeah
2: but I mean this is the company that wanted to do info acutetainment uh, and social chits and trying to you know get oh, right to the,
1: this this ladies and gentlemen this is just <laughs> a, this sign that these companies they don't dictate what we like just let them know let them have their fun let them spend their millions and millions of pounds just don't buy into it like, if you can see something as transparently greasy as these people buying their own awards just, just say easy. nice one you've absolutely
2: clowned yourself honk honk on the nose bye <laughs> get back in your car yeah get back in me. your clown
1: car with your big shoes gone yeah
2: I'm, I'm i don't e3 feels weird this year but everything feels weird this year but hopefully yeah. there's good stuff that comes out of it um next question from travis nichols hello my favorite podcasters well thank you very much oh cheers bud what's a personal thing that bugs you in otherwise popular games i have an issue with third person games that don't let you walk towards the camera strafing ruins immersion now this is what? a hell of a take. Strafing ruins immersion. Whoa, that that is a- because people don't strafe much in real life. No,
1: they? I mean the thing is, is that like if you or I were in a video game, I would spend about ninety percent of my time just going like, right, I'm going to slowly turn around because my back's giving out, <laughs> my knees are a bit weak, sort of thing. Whereas these guys, they're just kind of like spider crabbing all the way along, aren't they? They're yeah. Just kind of like,
2: The thing that annoys me uh, in terms of if I press down on the analog stick, I do want my character to face the camera because I want to take some photo mode stuff. I want to frame the cam and then take a shot. I don't want to have my character continually sort of like like do a weird half strafe motion.
1: I want to see in first person things. If, if you put a first person game in front of me, the first thing that I want to do is just go like, "What shoes am I wearing?" Like, <laughs> I, I, I want to see my feet. I don't. I feel so disconnected from a game when you can just look all the way down and you just go like, "Right, okay, I'm just literally a, a floating dis- Yeah, I'm, just, I'm a floating gun. I'm just yeah. floating around the hallways, and that's why all the enemies are like, shoot it quickly, <laughs> shoot it,' because it's a floating gun. It's like something out of like
2: Dark Place. I've never. That's a that's a hell of a shot, wrong Rungy's Dark Place. I've never done. I've never looked. I've never. Now that you've this it's breaking my head i've never looked <laughs> down and i don't think any first person shooter sure, does does the doom guy have legs does master chief have
1: legs um i think the doom guy has legs i think master chief does i know that Ten uh chel from uh po- from Portal. i almost said postal then it's a very different game there. <laughs> does that man um, have legs I don't, know, I don't know, I know that he can piss so he must have like <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's a peace stream that appears as if from nowhere. But it annoys um,
1: me so much if you have like all of these things that's like, welcome to the world of like all of these new Tokyo and it's like all these amazing like things going on. It's kind of like, you are, the, you play this man who's running around solving crimes with a gun and it's kind of like, but do I have feet though? Like, do yeah, I like, do I like you've, you've made this world that has like a thousand, imagine like, for example, Kingdom of Amala. Mm-hmm. They got on that writer and I can't remember his name, Seth something. I want to say Seth McFarlane, but it's not Seth
2: MacFarlane. It's Seth Macfarlane, um, <laughs> not Seth McFarlane,
1: sadly. Sadly, no. Um he made uh t- ten thousand years of lore for that game, right? Oh, are Amazing. you thinking
2: of Aria Salvatore?
1: That's the one. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. I, th- I was thinking of the toy manufacturer McFarlane. Yeah, 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 you're thinking the of the others. DD guy, I think. God, I got very confused there. It's, it, it, this is what it's like <laughs> to be inside my head. It's like a minefield. It's like the yeah, anyway, right. Um he made ten thousand years of lore for yes. that game. And it all kind of was brilliant. But imagine then if they were going, like, oh, well done, you've created this uh, amazing universe. It's got all of these amazing details about it, mm-hmm. but it's ruined because I'm now clipping through the bloody scenery. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, if it's, that's all well and good, but the if thing- your delivery isn't on point.
2: The thing that always stands out to me, and I adore No Man's Sky, as I will say every time I get a chance to, but even when you're in first person in that, and say your character sits down somewhere, maybe on a chair or a No Man's Sky, you sit Mm -hmm. in a cockpit, if the camera is not aligned height-wise properly, and you feel like you're looking out of your chest, I feel like that throws me off. Um, where I'm just saying, like, I appreciate you put a, a body in here, but I just as soon as I'm realizing that my eyes are my nipples, it just doesn't it doesn't feel right. <laughs> so I need that to um to change. But um yeah, in terms of the oh yeah the the um idea of strafing ruining immersion, yeah maybe I guess I don't know. I I definitely want my characters to face the camera as much as possible. Yeah,
1: this is gonna annoy me now. I'm gonna notice this more in games. <laughs>
2: uh next question from tristan vetter who says i love e3 the e3 time of year but do you guys feel like we need um to temper expectations for this year's actual releases there will be a lot of games shown um but likely for 2022 and beyond
1: 100 yeah. yes. um, i feel like we've uh kind of covered this before just that it's mm. going to be a very different year for e3 and mm. i think that uh while it's going to be very very easy to get hyped about a lot of new titles i bet you anything that these are going to be teasers more than actual like full-on gameplay mm. demos and vertical slices because you've got to look at the year that we've just had year in a bit because people haven't been able to be together there's probably mm. developing uh, studios that aren't able to coordinate properly they will probably be able to knock up some of the best looking trailers and teasers that we've seen yeah. i don't think that we're going to be seeing anything substantial this year it'll just very... basically be like here's a name 2022. Yeah, Bam. it's going to
2: be a lot of uh, Metroid Prime 4 style stuff. Although, oh, yeah. actually, to revisit that question of who do you want to see, I want to see Nintendo. I want to see Metroid yeah. Prime 4, Bayonetta 3, Breath of the Wild 2. Um, but yeah, next question from Haley from Raccoon City. What's the best game for <laughs> Sorry, sorry from Raccoon City, call it Just in. all the way from, from Raccoon, Raccoon City. Raccoon <laughs> <C>. <laughs> batting away the zombies at the window to send yeah, this question in.
1: Yeah, she's like typing there just, uh, in the little like uh, free internet cafe. Like,
2: get <laughs> away! Get away! Dropping into kendos. Um, what's the best game for non-gamers? Their pick would be Mario Kart. Everyone loves Mario Kart. Um, oh, that's a great shout, actually. We I think we covered this a little while ago, but I um, I think that I, remember I was listening to um, Chris Maldonado talk about it on uh, Sacred Symbols, and he was saying that the general way to go is to favor two D stuff because you have to mm-hmm. think of the way that we pre- we've gone through gaming overall over the years as well. Um, And that you want to start on 2D stuff because that tends to be the way that you get used to, you know, how how high a jump should be or how fast a turn should be um, or whatever. And then, like, I I think we talked about this on another UBP, but I remember getting used to 3D cameras and how that was a weird mind Mm -hmm. F anyway. So I think you kind of want to start someone out on 2D stuff and build them back up the same way that we would have done.
1: Yeah, 100%. Uh, I think alongside the mario karts uh maybe look towards like uh the rock band or guitar hero games because Ooh. on their easiest setting um with the no fail option it's mm. so much fun just to get a group of people together mm-hmm. they don't need to be musically talented they don't even need to be good at the game as long mm-hmm. as like, they can hit like one or two buttons and the rest of the track plays out they'll feel empowered from it and I feel that's like they, that's actually the sense of empowerment is the greatest way to mm. hook somebody into it everyone talks about like uh, gameplay loops about getting loot and about beating bosses and stuff like that. That's important for gamers, TM gamers, mm. but <laughs> it's not important for casual gamers. What's no. important for
2: them is fun, and fun usually comes from doing well at something you know no, like... that's that's a whole other wing of like the valuing interactive entertainment like yeah the, t- the timing side of it the, the feeling of like you are controlling the entertainment side of it like the gameplay loop kind of thing well actually massive we'll shout out um fuser which is harmonix's newest oh, yeah. one. i sent you a link um because i just fuser came out at the end of last year it was 60 pounds which is ludicrous what? and and it just made people run the other way but it is a bit more discounted now again we're not sponsored by anybody but i did pick that game up and um, because it does have a free demo on uh, playstation and just just to shout out that game out that game is extremely cool the um the sound um the technology that's in it the software that lets you mix different parts of different songs uh, match tempo and just it teaches you how to become a dj in the way that um even dj oh, didn't so, so that so that clip that you sent me yesterday you made that Ostensibly, yeah. I mean, like, I, I took, Oh, that's like, really cool. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. that's the thing. You look at it from a visual standpoint, and its gameplay demos didn't demo very well because it doesn't come across how much you're actually doing in the moment. Like, you are matching specific beats to drop something in. You're picking different discs. Oh, you can mute one right. track. Maybe okay. you want to uh, solo the vocals for a second and then slam everything back in as you drop a bass line under it or bring the drums back in or whatever. Okay. Um, it has lots of really cool things like that. And um, you can tell, like I said, it's harmonic. So Obviously, they're coming from Guitar Hero Rock Band. putting a lot of their sort of music know-how into this really cool piece of software that just mixes all these different songs together. Um, So if you want to have Billie Eilish's bass line right next to Hadaway's What Is Love... Um, and nice. then build up the drums and go into Darude Sandstorm, then you absolutely can, um, which I did. But um, yeah, just to throw that thing out. But yeah, in terms of the non-gamer stuff, in terms of a specific game, if I bring it back to 2D stuff, um, I would. I was going to say Super Mario World, but I find that giving that game to people, as much as it's Mario, mm-hmm. um, it's hard. It's too hard for a first-time gamer because checkpoint-wise, you'll kick back to the start of the level, even if yeah. you're at the end when you die. So I actually think it might be the first Sonic because I think that that's more forgiving yeah that might be crazy to throw i mean uh, old Sonic.
1: i mean at yeah. least in green hill zone mm. you have like a very easy ride i mean at each level takes about sort of between the 30 to a 30 seconds to a minute mm-hmm. to do if you're like running full pellet and you don't mm-hmm. actually need to have like that much coordination it's just like run jump mm-hmm. occasionally it does get very difficult after that though. I think you might be saying it.
2: as I said that I was like, oh, the checkpoint in Sonic does still kick you back to the start, but I find that yeah. the, the level's a little bit easier. I don't know, you can't really go wrong. Either the original Sonic the Hedgehog or Super Mario World, if you had access to um, either. Um next question from Derek McMullen. Are you having a giraffe? Jules, you have oh, oh, cool. your wrestling show, but now with me instead of Phil. What match or pay per view are you using to get me excited? What do you want to see? Also, what do you want to see in the newest WWE wrestling game?
1: Oh, Saber thank you very Ron- much. It's it's good to it's good to uh, keep the wrestling side alive. I was actually joking about it uh, the other day, Um, whereas because. As we were saying before, the gaming industry's had a bit of a lull over the last couple of months. And it's only now just starting to pick back up. And I was absolutely pissing myself because I, I was there like, oh, what's there to cover today? Like in terms of games and news and stuff mm. like that. Oh, not that much. Uh, but you know, Scott and Josh are doing an am- amazing job as always. And then I look over to the wrestling side and it's kind of like, Zombies, this guy's <laughs> eye has been poked down. This guy nearly died. This guy's been let go and he's like the most popular person. And I'm just kind of like Wow, this is literally like a soap opera versus what we've got to deal with, and aren't Like, no wonder oh, God, they well, get like all the news views that are like through the roof.
2: Like. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the like that's the thing. Wrestling as an industry, like the the weekly sort of shows barely abated. I don't think they took any weeks off, even when it was no, like, no think, not really. I uh, kind of found a way to keep going, but yeah, that giant giraffe head I think is still in storage. I think that's in oh yeah, building it's um it's it's at the office, isn't it?
1: It's in it the might office. Be. Yeah. We,
2: I think it was saved. We had a, we had a scorpion bust head and a few other different bits and pieces, There's a Crash Bandicoot figure and stuff. And I'm pretty nice. sure the giraffe head is amongst them. So yeah, what, uh, what match or pay per view are we, uh, are you giving me to get excited? Keep in mind, I'm an Attitude Era boy. So, Wait, so I so uh, what have I got to get you excited about though? Because this is the, this well, is the I do, important I do, question. I guess we're going to do your uh, your old wrestling show, which is the one you did with Phil. So I don't know if that was a review.
1: okay. So insane things in wrestling. So what am I going to get? Give what can, to... We can
2: we both go over that was the most ridiculous thing? I'm possibly thinking Paul Bearer being buried alive. But well, I that just... is that is very,
1: very ridiculous. But there's been a recent one with the AEW with um uh there was John Moxley, who is uh, Dean Ambrose. Um, is he... and... oh, okay. He's the one that was in a lovely uh, to the death match or a, a death cage match, electrified fence. It was, nice. it, was, it, was, it was it was something something death match.
2: Anything it sounds, sounds channels, extreme, right? Yeah, anything that I was going to say anything that channels ECW, I'm I'm back in.
1: Well, he um, the the reason you'd want to watch this is for the ending because he uh, his opponent covers him and you think it's like counting down. There's going to be mm. this massive explosion because they've been building to it all match. They've been saying <laughs> that the uh, the ring is rigged with explosives, oh, Scott, God. and it literally just goes. <laughs> like that just like little, little like little just tiny little spooter of just absolute guff that, that was comes that meant out. to
2: happen was that like a joke finish but, or that... we're
1: not entirely sure because right. afterwards they were like no no that was intentional it was just meant to look like crap because we're gonna <laughs> write them as being friends now and then it was just like but okay right but that's not what we wanted to see Absolutely. so i'd make you i'd
2: make you watch that match just for yeah, that, that ending i'm right. very much up for that is moxley the guy that's kind of like a steve austin analog this i only have reference points from between, he was like, so, so he, he was, was dean about. ambrose in the
1: wwe um, okay. so he was that's the guy he, he was he was called the lunatic fringe <laughs>
0: and <laughs>
1: oh man that's what i was just, called before
2: i got my haircut. Uh, no i'm just laughing because
1: of the fact that one of his moves is literally mm. he, he bounces off of the middle rope right and then comes at you and hits you with a clothesline they called it the wacky line <laughs> <laughs> i hate wrestling man it's, so, it's i love it to death but it's just like it's one of those things where like in hushed circles, is it talked about with such
2: reverence? But right, as soon right. as
1: somebody comes along who's like a football fan, you'd be like, what are you guys talking about? Nothing, nothing, uh,
2: sports, sports, <laughs> so not wrestling. Like... Professional sports, uh, not, not not the wacky line. Oh, the yeah, wacky the line. um, I got I got back into wrestling in terms of the video games because I started playing way more Fire Pro, which um, oh, yeah. Yeah. That, another franchise that just, I feel needs to be way up there, if not surpassing the 2K stuff, because mm-hmm. it's a wrestling franchise that actually prioritizes putting on a good match. Like, um, I love the way the mechanics work in that. I don't know if you've played Fire Pro Wrestling World. Yeah i have yeah i just I love um, that whole that whole thing where it's like they counter automatically so it's all about spots yeah. and like yeah. setting those things up it's so cool
1: i do enjoy that game uh, a lot if you're looking for another um wrestling game to get you in the mood just in general for get you hyped up uh-huh. saturday night slam masters is an absolute gem for the snes it is absolutely brilliant it's got debut uh, and has debut. it has got a cameo of um uh, uh Hagar, Hagar, I don't know how you pronounce it from um final fight. Oh, you know yeah. you know the mayor. You know the mayor? The big, the big lad, yes. Yeah, who wears the dungaree strap uh-huh. overall strap thing. He's he is in that game, which is great. So <laughs> get a little cross over there. But it basically is just like loads of people from around the world that kind of look like um street fighter 2 rejects Mm. all getting together to have a big wrestling match (laughs) it is brilliant fun
2: what more could you possibly need and with that we will round out the untitled partner podcast the upp 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 thank you to everybody for sending in your various thoughts questions whatever else how you have on your mind we'll ask you again next week and we'll just see what happens this time next week it'll be e3 season they'll be full on e3 event or whatever, because I'm sure it's a four-day, five-day event at this point. Um, But we'll catch you then. For now, this has been Go On Mr. Jules.
1: Well, I was going to say, for next week I want you to answer a question for us. So put Hmm. your questions for next week, but start it with the title that you are most looking forward to at E3. And then we'll go through and say whether it was a winner or a loser, or didn't even
2: show. (laughs) Well, I guess this time next Friday we'll be right on the cusp of things uh, coming out. So yeah. we'll 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 wait and see whatever we can uh, announce. But yes, we'll figure that all out this time next week. For now, this has been the Untitled Banner Podcast. Ivan Scott Taylor joined by Jules Gill.
1: Thank you very much for having me. And
2: we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.